following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I don't know how I'm not verified, but yet I'm popular enough to be followed by John Cena on Twitter. I saw that. Did you see it? I, well, I saw you put it. Yeah. Did you sure? No, he, I hate John Cena. He sucks. But still. I know. Where what? did that come from? I've never even do you met. Fo- do you no. follow him? No. That's weird. Very weird. It just said, you're, and, I'm, and like you see that on your notification, and you click on it, you expect it to be some like burner account mm-hmm. or a fan club account it's or like whatever. It's like John Cena with two Ns, or, you know. But I clicked on it, and I went, 1.7 million. Holy shit. Uh, he must be promoting something. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I have no idea. Huh. I mean, we're not going to have an interaction. I got followed by Rex Chapman last week for agreeing on how good I thought Devil's Advocate was when it came out. Oh. And I got a follow from him, and I was like, what? Yeah, Rex Chapman, he's a little uh, eh. he's a little out there for me. Yeah, I figured. Um, I figured. But I, but I love, I usually, his taste in movies and stuff kind of matches up. I don't get into the the uh, really far left yeah, political yeah. stuff that he likes to dive into, but, no. but I, and his, and the and the comedy that he put still like and even one of my buddies brought up like Chapman last week, Cena this week. What are you doing? I'm I have no idea. Hey, who knows? Maybe we get Cena on the pod. <laughs> that would be. Hey, John, we run this little. Hey, podcast. we 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 had an awful wrestling show in college. You want to hear some of it? <laughs> <laughs> could play our interview with with jumping Jim Brunzel or no B, B. Brian, Brian Blair, Blair and he probably Bees, goes who's yeah. that yeah but he wouldn't know who that was. Uh, yeah he probably, he probably would. would all right welcome to this week's edition of the intentional foul we're back it's all about bad football and in some cases good football I enjoyed the weekend myself. I bet you did yeah. I bet you did I enjoyed I, Sunday and I enjoyed uh, Monday bet you did as well you like to let me know when you're enjoying your Sunday Packer games good times baby good times <laughs> We'll run down college football in the World Series. That's not starting for another week and a half. Um, it feels like it's that long. I know. That's the only reason I said it. Then the Bucks are uh, are their season has started. They start a homestand for the next, I think, four games or so, starting tomorrow night. And then uh, some NBA will wrap with some uh, high school and some whitewater stuff, which, wow. Anyway, um, I don't even know how what – I didn't have anything prepared – I'm really more just disappointed and oh you're 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 going the dad route I, you're just you're not mad you're just disappointed I don't even know what to make of this honestly like there's so much that's wrong and so many things that don't add up and stuff that needs to be fixed and inconsistencies and in people talking both ways out of their ass and their mouth I just don't I don't know I honestly don't know. A three-game losing streak against the teams that were supposed to be the easy part of your schedule before the tough part kicked in, and you're 0-3. That's awful. Well, I knew that it was going to be a rough day for him when I heard before the game that Bakhtiari was out again. It seems, I don't want to say he's done, but I think he's he's done being a... a, uh, 
Pro Bowl reliable left tackle. I think he could still be serviceable, good even. You can't rely on him. No. You can't, at this point, you can't rely on him, and it's it doubly kills you because you're paying him all that money. Mm-hmm. And you look at this roster, and, you know, we've we've lamented the lack of talent on the Bear roster. Yeah. Right? There ain't a hell of a lot much more, if any more, on this Packers offense than there is on some of the bad offenses around the league. I mean, Cobbs are already on IR. He's not that and great he's, anymore he's, either. He's basically washed. washed. Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins can't, stay on, can't stay on the field. He's already been and come off of IR, but he's not a reliable player. Alan Lazard now is hurt, left the game with his arm in a sling. And he's a he's a two on a on a on his best day. He's not a number one. Um Amari Rogers can't catch a cold. Whether it's a punt or a pass. He's honestly better in the passing game than he is catching punts. Christian Watson can't get can't, on the field. can't get on the field. Was a ter- is is shaping up. He's a bad pick. If he's not helping you right now, he's a bad pick. I don't care what he does in four years. And then you got Dobbs who there's potential there, but he's raw. He's green. He's a, he's a he's a guy that you can't expect him to be the top guy at this point, right? Your most reliable guys are Tanyan, who's not a he's okay. He he's a good tight end, but he's not a guy that's going to dominate. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. That's it. And and here's my here's my hot take of the week. What the hell's so special about AJ Dillon? Other than that he's got giant thighs. Nothing. He's just a guy. So far they know that he's going to carry the ball. He's the second best running back on a sub five hundred football team. What 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 the hell like He was better last year. Aaron Jones is your guy. Yes, Aaron Jones is your be. weapon. And they don't know how to use him. No. They have no idea Which how to use him. Which I don't understand because they used him way more last season when they had more options of places to go with the football. So now you're in need of that sort of stuff. And you back away from that? I don't really understand what's happening. And if you just want to give the ball to, I mean, he caught one pass out of the, and even Roger said on the McAfee show today, among other things, um, AJ or uh, Aaron Jones makes big plays every time he touches the ball, which is a little bit overboard, but stuff still happens. He's the most dynamic player that they have on the field. 100%. And I don't understand why they don't get him the football. Yeah, I don't understand what happened to this offense other than the loss of Devontae Adams. the The line situation was actually okay. It was better this last weekend than was the last, what was was the weekend before against the Jets. The substitute rookie Zach Tom for Bakhtiari played forty one snaps, didn't even allow pressure. That was fine. Is that going to happen all the time? No, because they used a lot of chipping and some help on on his side just to make sure he didn't get you know way in over his head. You're not going to be able to do that every game. You're going to have to turn him loose and make him do some one on ones and and do some of that stuff. So the line's still a mess because Newman is not good at guard. Jenkins is not a tackle. You need Yash and Bakhtiari. If you're not going to have that, maybe Tom can hold up. He got rave reviews in camp, but he's still a rookie. Myers is your center. They they fucked that up by saying, "Oh, he was he was one of their their main guys that were uh, missing last year." A start, I'm like, he the graphic anyway. 
leave it to these national guys that don't know what the hell they're talking about because they never follow the team. But anyway, I, oh, I feel like Coach O running my hands through my hair. It's the same thing that we talked about the last couple of weeks in the direction of the offense. Right now, the direction seems to be east-west. They can't go north-south. I don't know why the middle of the field isn't open. I don't know why some of these quick slants won't work. I don't know why you're not having Jones on wheel routes out of the backfield that we've seen the last few years. All of a sudden, they get to this year, it's like they forgot everything, and they're just redoing it all. Now, we mentioned last week, maybe that's a product of Hackett being gone and Getze being gone and Lafleur teaming with Stenovich, who's an offensive line guy, and saying, this is what I want to do. Maybe Lafleur is combining with those other guys as far as the game plan is concerned, and that's what works. Now it's mostly on the shoulders of Lafleur. Maybe he's not as smart as we have been led to believe. Well, I don't think he is. Because you have your quarterback on the field turning to his coach and going, what the fuck are we even doing? Yeah, and... and Which brings me to another point, I'll, but go ahead. Well, go ahead. Just keep going. I texted some people, and I just went... So I didn't really like that because... Your quarterback, despite what he said about his quarterback coach, Tom Clements, grading him as the best that he's ever played all season, which I would like to see the report card and exactly what what you're grading him on. If it includes skipping passes to his receivers every other play, I don't know what the grading system is. I would like somebody to yell at Rodgers. I would like his coach to yell at him and say, I, I know what I'm doing. What the hell are you doing? Why are you overthrowing all these guys that are wide open in some cases? We saw a couple overthrows again. We've seen some guys go out and he just airmails them. And not to be hacking on your team, he's looked like an early Justin Fields at some times. Mm-hmm. Just missing guys that are, that are those should have been routine throws in most cases. I would like to see one of his coaches or... Or, or Lafleur in particular, when he yells at him, and I don't want to get him in a shouting match, but maybe just point the finger at him a little bit and go, like, what are you doing out there? You know, maybe have a heated conversation on a sideline that gets a little testy. Maybe it'll show the team that, hey, this dude's not immune from criticism. Because right now it looks like he's running the team and nobody's keeping him in check, which I think is a bad look, combined with the McAfee stuff that he said today about some guys that, you know, shouldn't be playing and maybe we should get some guys some other snaps, which... I have to ask, who's left? Who do you want to put in? Mm-hmm. They put in Javon Winfrey a couple weeks ago or last week off the off the practice squad. First two times he threw him the ball, he dropped him. And they were right at, so like where who's playing? Who's playing? Right. Where else are you gonna go? Well and that and that's that's kind of where I was going is they're Thank you for the, that. What? Letting you get that out? Yes. Yeah, sometimes it feels good, doesn't it? It does. They either they either can't or won't stick with their running game, right? Correct. So what does that do on the other side of the football? Okay. But your if defense you're, in a if terrible no, position. No, I'm saying if you're Washington. Okay. So Washington's going against this. The Packers won't stick to the run. Whether they don't think they can get it done or, they're as I said before, Lafleur and the coaching staff – they know they have Aaron Rodgers, and they just want to throw the ball around the field. But your receivers now, because you don't have anybody that's that good, they can't get open. So Washington doesn't have to double anybody. And they can bring those guys all up, 
and they only have to pressure you with four what I was gonna because say. the offensive line is having problems. Yep. So now Rodgers is trying to throw the ball into coverage, seven guys, seven guys you don't even need to with three anybody. or four guys yep. who already can't get open. Yep. I'm not making excuses for Rodgers. I'm just saying if you would run the football That's... and and the A.J. Dillon thing, like I, I don't need A.J. Dillon on first down. No. I need him on third, third and down. short. Yeah. I need him when we're winning. Yep. I need him in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He's a he's a bruising back. He's a Craig Ironhead Hayward, Jerome Bettis. That's the guy. He's the he's the guy that's pounding you at the end of the football game. If the you, first three quarters should be all about Aaron Jones. If you didn't have Aaron Jones, then fine. You should be giving Dylan twenty five carries a game because he can probably take it. And maybe yeah, you get one hundred and twenty five or 130 yards out of him, like in the old school days. Remember when the Giants had Josh Jacobs? Yes. Josh Jacobs wasn't getting 25 carries a game. He was getting 12. Mm-hmm. But it was about when was he getting them. Short yardage, goal line, fourth quarter. I, so the the play calling and the inability to stick to the run, I think is what is killing their offense. I went and looked today. Last year, the Packers scored over 30 points eight times. They have not scored 30 points yet this season. The most they scored is 27 against the Bears. And in three other games, they're scratching and clawing to get over 20 points. So, Devontae Adams, we talked about it earlier in the year. He's a great player, and he also has a lot of gravity, and the defense has to pay a little bit more attention to him when he's on the field, and it helps everybody else out. But it shouldn't be this big of a drop-off. It just shouldn't. So... Aaron Rodgers is never going to get yelled at by anybody on that sideline because nobody has the balls to do it. That's right. And because he gets away with all this shit, he goes on a show like McAfee and says the things that he says. And, yeah, your receivers have dropped some balls. But there was a there was a third down play late in the game. It was a one-score game at the time, third down, and Dobbs is running a crossing pattern, and Rodgers throws it at his feet. That's not Dobbs' fault. Technically, because it hit him in the hands, they probably call it a drop. That's not a drop. That's a bad throw. The Amari Rodgers throw down the sideline. You got He's wide open. He dives forward and hits his hands. He doesn't come up with it. I'm not mad at him for that. Make the goddamn throw, Rodgers. Everybody tells me you're one of the three or four greatest throwers ever. You got to make that throw. Right, your your margin for error now is so much smaller than it's been in the past. You have to come up with those plays because you're supposed to be the weapon. I can't remember what play it was. There was a penalty, and it might have negated whatever, but they didn't know that at the time. And whoever was running a deep crossing pattern towards the corner of the end zone, Rogers threw it in front of them by about seven yards. They they couldn't even mm-hmm. get a hand on it. And it's like the guy had three steps on his on his defender. It's like that's something that should have been one of the like when you see him doing those throwing those those balls into those hoops, you know, forty yards away in front of the fans, whatever. That's what that is, and that's it looked honestly easier than that. Something that he's made, and I don't know whether it's the thumb. He's got it taped up. He's constantly massaging it. That might be an excuse, but if you can't play and you can't make those throws and you're hurting your team, I'm, I'm not saying Jordan Love would be a would be 
would be a better choice at that point. But to me, it starts with the top. And to him, it's never started with the top. Well, no, because he, he has no accountability. Right. And he doesn't, he doesn't know how to lead. And that's why I've always called Aaron Rodgers a front runner. Um, when things are going great and he can be Mr. Cocky, he loves that. But when they hit these kind of adver- – this, this year has the potential. I, things could change, <laughs> but it has the potential to be like the last couple Favre years, with the exception of 07 when they kind of caught lightning in a bottle and made the NFC title game, but even that team wasn't that good. They just played a bad schedule and had one of those years. But, like, if you go back and look at the last three or four years of Favre, he was still a good player, but he couldn't lead. He was he was way older than everybody. He didn't take any – he threw interceptions. He didn't take any accountability, and the organization didn't hold his feet to the fire. And you're seeing that again with Rodgers. Like, if he was a true leader and he believed this team had a chance to turn things around, he would have walked to the podium on Sunday. And the first words out of his mouth would have been, I got to play better. I can't be overthrowing guys. I can't be throwing it at their feet. I got to play better. I got to help these 23-year-old kids who have only had 300 career professional snaps. I have to help them. I have to help my linemen. I got to get rid of the ball quicker so I'm not putting so much pressure and asking these backups to block for five, six seconds. I got to do better. But he's just not that kind of guy. Ever. And and he gets away with it. And he goes on his buddy's shows that have national platforms. And McAfee and Hawk, they're not going to challenge him. They're his boys. McAfee asked him in his question several times, which was a long-winded question. And it took several different turns. He asked him about, like, what do you have to do? What do you have sure. to do? What do you have but to do? But it's not a challenge. It's, 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 it's like when Mike Heller asked him last week about can they turn it or, or you know how much faith do you have that you can turn it around and his response was goddamn more than you. Well, okay. That's why. Why are you biting my head off? You know. Now Aaron Rodgers. Now now he's the quarterback that swears in press conferences. Now it's like three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. That, so you're that guy now. Like what is that? What is going on? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, can this be fixed? No. What I mean, no. This is on right now. To me, it's on. It's on Gutekunst and it's on Lafleur. You knew what you had coming in. This is kind of reminiscent, and it's been a different position group of the management really digging its heels in and saying we're going to be fine with the moves that I think we should do. When one of the first years of Rodgers' career, they had one of the worst offensive lines in football, and he got he got smashed a lot. And everybody knew that going in, but Ted Thompson was just steadfast in saying, we believe in our guys, these are the guys we're going to go with, blah, blah, blah. And everybody knew that wasn't named Brian Gutekunst, that three young draft picks for receivers who generally don't have a good track record of blowing up unless it's unless you know, they go to Alabama or something Jamar or like Chaser, a legit school right, or or Justin Jefferson or Can't somebody be drafting like that. guys out of North Dakota and thinking no. they're going to walk into the league. I mean, I'm not ripping on Watson. Like the guy didn't play. I mean, come on. 
I tell you, you and I were texting the day that Sammy Watkins was signed. Okay, yeah, he's a veteran. But if you look at the track record, he's never going to be on the field. Just because so, you've been in the league a while doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. You just get the label veteran. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that you're going to. You're, you're a veteran of IR. He lasted two weeks. <laughs> Randall Cobb's old and he's fragile. Yeah, an ankle injury was kind of a uh, kind of a freak thing, but fine, that shit happens. But when you're that old, you can't afford to have that happen. And the rehab takes longer, right? And, you're, and it takes longer to get right. And now it's, you've got now you've got Lazard. So you've got your top three guys that have now suffered some serious injuries. So. You're going to rely on Samari Toure, who made his debut. You've got Winfrey in the fold. Watson can't get on the field. Dobbs can't do everything. And Watkins might not stay healthy. So what are we doing? That To me, this is on, this is on the general manager for not giving your aging yeah. quarterback more weapons. I agree, 100%. Um, it's, I, it's, just, it's just not cool. And, and, and the Lafleur thing, I don't understand. How do you get – there's no explanation from how you get from the last couple of years to what you're doing right now that there's such a glaring difference in how this offense is operating. They won't go down the field. They won't find the middle of the field. It's five yards left, five yards right, screen pass there, draw. There's just nothing that will move them down the field on a consistent basis. And teams, it's clear the defenses are not afraid of them anymore. No. They're not. No. No, that's why I said that's why they're playing the way they're playing. I would have thought that when Lafleur spent all that time with Bud and the Bucks last year, maybe he should have brought Rodgers with him and Giannis could have showed him how to be a leader. You know? But, I mean, listen, as, as, I'm done. as good as my picks were last year for uh, the Super Bowl, and the conference championship game. They've been equally dog shit this year. <laughs> Denver has been a steaming pile of monkey dung, and they are in my conference championship in the AFC. I had the Packers win in the NFC. Um, I think we can completely write them off anymore as a, as a contender. Yes. I'm not sure they don't still make the playoffs Ooh. because the NFC is, is the yeah, it's incredibly weak. It, it, I. I but I have keep, a hard time believing they're going to win the division. If they get in, they're going to be like the seven seed, six or seven seed. But if you keep they still falling got behind, though, I mean, it's, you know, after this week, they're the biggest underdog they've ever been with Rodgers on the road in Buffalo. I think they're going to get their doors blown off, and then they're going to be three and five. They'll probably play better than you think. Probably. That's generally how that works. Yep. You know, I, mean, nobody well, I found that us. out last night. Well, go ahead. I'm I'm done with that. I'm done with that. So I text debacle. I texted you like 45 minutes before the game started the Bear yeah. Patriot game last night. You didn't even want to I didn't watch. even want to watch the game. I feel like I have to. I have to cuz we do this podcast and I I you know, I'm a Bear fan. I got to watch the game. I had a buddy text me um and he uh he was going to bet on the game and he said what do you think the Bears will cover the spread? And I said what's the spread? And he said eight and a half. and I was like no. No. I'm I'm like thirty-one to thirteen. That was my predicted final. Boy, that's score. close. Pretty close. Bears end up winning thirty-three to fourteen. Um, uh-huh. best game of Fields' his career. He looked good. Yeah, it was the best game of his career, and I and I'm really shocked by it because, as I said last week, if you go back and look over the years, like Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, especially ones that really haven't proven they can complete forward passes. 
Usually he destroys them. He breaks them, right? But the Bears did something that, as a Bears fan, I almost passed out when I saw it. You know what they did? Make Belichick bench his starting quarterback? No. They adjusted. Oh. They adjusted. They had eight days, or they have ten days after the Thursday night game mm-hmm. to prepare for this game. They had the mini buy. They made a coaching adjustment. And that adjustment was designed runs for our uber athletic quarterback. Going into last night, he had 16 designed runs all year long. He had 15 last night. He ran for just under 90 yards, Mm -hmm. touchdown, threw for like a buck 80 and another touchdown. I said it last week, young Jalen Hurts, young Lamar Jackson, not MVP Lamar, but stylistically, that's how the Bears should be playing. Get him on the edge where he's not going to get killed. It's the, the runs up the middle of the field are where quarterbacks get murdered. Get out to the outside. You got the barrier. You can run out. Guys are typically not going to take a late shot on you. Middle of the field, you got a better chance of getting smoked. Well, they got him outside on some bootleg stuff and some design runs. All of a sudden, the Bears looked like a professional offense. It was crazy. And then by doing so, they were able to run the ball effectively. They I can't remember, like 190 yards on the ground last night. It was a really big number. It was Herbert Montgomery ran for an equal amount. They combined for 124. Yeah, and then you throw fields on top. So yep. it was a big number. It was like the most um, against Belichick in a long time or maybe even ever. Um, so I, I was very impressed with what I saw. It's encouraging. I, I'm not going to flip out about a one-game win streak. Not going to happen. But... Um, it was nice to see some steps being taken both with fields and with the coaching. I, listen, the Bears have gone through a long coaching drought. I mean, Nagy, Fox, Tressman, and the last half of Lovey's tenure. Dr. Death. Boy, that's that's a bad run of coaches. Bad run. And even before Lovey, you had, you know, you had Dick Geron and and Wanstead and the end of the Dick era. So it's the coaching has been a drought. Now I'm not saying Eberflus is Vince Lombardi, but it's nice to have a little bit of confidence. He hasn't done anything this year, him and his staff. I haven't been nuts about Getsy's play calling, but there hasn't been anything on the sideline like last couple of years with Nagy where you're going, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so that's nice. Seeing a little bit of improvement with Fields is nice. Unfortunately, losing Lucas Patrick last night on a line that's already without Cody Whitehair and really has been shuffling the deck chairs all season long. They just got him back. I think he left thumb with a, injury. Was that what it third, was? That the thumb injury third last quarter night? with a toe injury. A toe injury. So it's a different body part. Who knows how long he'll be out. Now that puts Mustafer back at center. He was not good the first three or four games at that spot. I like this defense, though. They got some guys. They were flying around, and they were hitting hard last night from the first half that I saw. Um, Eddie Eddie uh, Robinson looks rejuvenated. Um, I like 
what I've seen out of Brisker all year. I, I think he's a real dude. <laughs> And uh, kicked in the balls. Yeah, and then a couple of plays, a couple one series later, He's you're picking it pick. off. And uh, and Kyler Gordon is a guy that has really been tested a lot this year, and that's he's been do, playing a lot of slot. And uh, he came up with a nice pick last night. Roquan's doing his thing. They got some guys that that are that are on the line making plays. So I like what I see out of the defense. You know, <laughs> I looked at the Bears' schedule and I'm like. This team could be sniffing around, depending on how the bottom of the NFC. Yeah. Like, if a, if an eight and nine could get in, they could be sniffing around that weirdly. Which I don't know if I even like that because it's at the end of the day, it's like I'd just rather have the sixth pick. You know what I mean? Right. Then okay, let's make the playoffs and have to go to Dallas and get worked. Great, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, field still holds on to the ball too long. Like, dude, throw the ball out of bounds. You know, he had a couple stupid fumbles again. I mean, Troy Aikman was laughing his ass off on the broadcast, the one I texted you. Fields makes a ridiculous scramble play. Should have been sacked like three times, gets out, runs 20-some yards, slides, gets a first down. <laughs> then the very next play, he runs a bootleg and hits it off his own knee and fumbles it. And it's just like, and Ake was just laughing because that's kind of what it is with him right, right now. Like, he has these moments where you're like, Jesus, that's really impressive. But then it's the dumb stuff for it. It's very, it was, it reminded me of young Favre, different, mm-hmm. different way where Favre's what the fucks were when he was throwing yes. into six dudes. Yeah, right. But he would do this other stuff where you're like, oh my God, I I can't believe he just made that play. So, I don't know. Uh, the Bears are three and four. The Packers are three and four. Yes. Ah, go figure. Well, go figure. It's not what we expected at all. I'm, uh, I'm, depending on. I'd have to check with their next couple opponents are, but this this could be a four alarm full on alert by the bye week for for Green Bay if yeah. they, if things keep going the way. It's the, possible the, the way that it is, and I know that they wanted to be. Uh, Rogers wanted them to be active before the trade deadline, which is next Tuesday. Maybe they will be active at the trade deadline. I don't know who they'd get rid of, but I don't know also who they'd acquire. Nobody that's gonna. Nobody that I don't think is gonna change your season. That's what I mean. I don't know that there's anybody that's that valuable out there that could do it. I don't think there is. I don't think so. I don't think so. so. Well, one and one thing I wanted to just touch on. We and we've talked about it in in weeks past. The coaching in this league right now is just unbelievable across the board. Um, they've almost become like player. The coaches in the NFL are almost like a player, where like you almost have to evaluate them year to year, with the exception of like Belichick, Andy Reid. And maybe two, you know, uh, Harbaugh and maybe Tomlin. Like, everybody else, you watch these guys week to week and then year to year. Like, I don't know what happens to these guys. And as we talked about last week, I think, I don't know if it's this uh, uh, an analytics guy sitting in the booth that's getting the authority to make these decisions right. or what it is, but, like, some of the fourth downs that people are going on and then the play that they're choosing to run on the fourth downs are awful. 
these guys that are not willing to take points. I mean, I'm watching the the Bears at the end of the first half last night. I think the score was 17 to 14. Bears were up. And it was just a real messy drive, and they got kind of down inside the 10. And, and, oh, I know what it was. They had three seconds left, and they had uh, a holding penalty in the end zone. So they got the ball first and goal on the five with three seconds left. And I'm just yelling at the TV, kick it. Kick it. Take the three. Be up six on the road. Go into the locker room and feel like a million bucks. Because if you don't kick it, you're going to fuck this up. And thank God they kicked it. Because if they had to run a play... Something stupid would have happened. Everybody would have been pissed, and the only thing the coaches would have said was, "Well, you know the uh, the the probability of the wind chairs of going for this actually were sixty two point eight percent." No, 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 no. You're two and four. Kick the ball, and thankfully they did. But we've seen a lot of other teams. But those are the two and four teams that feel like they have to go for it because yeah, they but, don't have anything to but lose. We're seeing it with the good teams. If you got Patrick Mahomes or Allen. Or, you know, even Rodgers, not necessarily this year, but most of his career. I get it. I get it. But when it's fourth and three and you're on your own, you know, 45 and you run some stupid bootleg with Tua, why? <laughs> why? I, I just, I don't know. I Overworking the BB. It is. And I, th- this is why, like, I don't know how anybody bets this league. I, I don't get it. Like, just did, light your money on fire, did people. Your friend, did your friend take your advice and bet the other way? Well, I think he was – I don't know. It didn't matter because they, they got dis- – Patriots got destroyed. But but that's my point. Like, you look at some of these weeks, like, Seattle beat the Chargers by two touchdowns? What? What? You know, like, week to week, I just don't know how these people bet – and make any any money like mm-hmm. the sharps do the guys in vegas do well of course but like just people like they gotta just be losing their ass i i don't know which leads me to my last thing this hasn't been a great nfl season so far no is there too much parody in the league isn't that what they said that they wanted though yes yes so now we've reached that and you're thinking is Maybe it is is, is that fun though? Is it fun to go into the, all these games and legitimately not have a clue? I think for generally the lower standing franchises, they love it because then they're looking at their schedule like shit. Just what you talked about with the Bears. Do their fans love it though? <laughs> I mean, the organization themselves might like that, but I don't know. Do you as a fan or do you think the Bears fans are interpreting the rest of the season like you are? Like, maybe we can get in at 8-9 and nine and well, go to the playoffs. I just think if you look at the schedule, you could infer that. I'm, I'm not, not saying you're – I'm not saying I'm rooting for it. No, but, no, no. But what I'm saying is there are franchises like that that mm-hmm. have fan bases that are now looking around like, shit, we might actually have a chance in this league. So I think it's very top and bottom half. The, bo- the top is like, man, we should be smoking these guys. But the top is only like three teams. Okay, but take the last three games for the Packers. Should have been wins. Should have been wins on any other normal season. Those other teams aren't supposed to be that good. Right. They're just not. Green Bay is. So, as a fan of generally one of the top-tier teams in the last, you know, decade, two decades, our fan base is going, boy, this is really shit. Jets fans and Giants fans and, uh, you know, 
whoever who's generally bad are going, this isn't so bad. I like this. We don't have to get our doors blown off by all these guys this year. So I think it's it's very, very top and bottom heavy. Where yeah. one one of one half of the league's fans are like, Okay, yes. Other half is like, This is not fun. Yeah, I'm just not sure how I I don't know how I feel about yeah. it because the football has not been very well, good to watch. That, and, and that's what I'm. That's more what I'm referring to. Guy, yes, like some of these games are. But I don't think a lot of people care about that. Like, like, like you that do. Jet Bronco game. Holy mackerel! Was that atrocious? <laughs> like those are some of those games. Like, there's one this week. It's like just black it out, man. <laughs> like nobody, no one in America. You got to be a weird. Football kind of junkie to want to watch a Colt Texan game, man. Hey, it's that's my, a special kind of something. It's my same six because you know six what college bowl games. I'm not watching a lot of Hornets Kings games. I'll tell you that. That's and that's no. There, it, it has to be. It you, you know, just I'm won't not, watch basketball. No, I don't. Man. I don't watch a lot of Valparaiso Wright State games in January. I might watch your conference tournament game. Sure, uh, you know. Not watching. I'm not rocking out to the UWM UW Green Bay late December conference <laughs> games. Like I'm sorry, I'm watching. I'm watching Indiana Ohio State. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yep. Like I understand. I don't know. Okay. I, like I said, I don't know how I feel about it. I just know that All right. there's been a lot of ugly football. Uh, some trades before the deadline. Uh, they sent McCaffrey to San Francisco. It's hard for me to get excited about this, just because the guy is so injury prone. If, if everything works out, great for them. That's awesome. And they sent a boatload of picks. Lot. Yeah, they gave up a Three lot. Three next year, this coming year, and one the following year. Um, well, and he's, then, he's Shanahan's boy. Of course. His old man. I get that. Played for Shanahan's old man, and the families are tight. and so. But that doesn't change. That doesn't automatically give you health and prosperity. No, I'm just saying that's one of the big reasons that they yeah, got him. And, I get it. You know, and he's a good player when he plays, but... That's the problem. You know, I don't know. I mean, you, you think about it, and you're like, God, him and Debo, shit. There ain't a lot of teams that have a better one-two punch than that, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. Uh, and it, then Brees Hall gets hurt for the Jets, and then they go and... Uh, I don't know what they gave up. Um, conditional. James, that's Some, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, was, it wasn't Robinson much of anything. Jaguars. Okay, I'm pretty excited as a as a fantasy uh, owner of okay. Travis Etienne. Sure. So oh, yeah. he had a big week this past week. I think it made Robinson expendable. So okay. Too bad for the Jets, though, man. Like, just when you're starting to really, really see something to get excited in your in your main guy, the rookie that you're really, really pumped about. But that's, I mean, probably go, looking at offensive rookie of the year the way he was playing. That's generally how that stuff works, unfortunately. For for some of these franchises, that's, it is right. They can't get out of that. They stuff. can't have nice things. All right, let's blow through the week seven results. Cardinals win a shootout on Thursday night with the Saints. Yeah, I didn't. Andy Dalton threw what two pick sixes? I believe. Yes. Um, yeah, I, total. I, I didn't see much of this game. There was a no. lot of baseball playoffs going on that pretty much took up my time. Plus. Bucks opener. So uh, the Bengals crushed the Falcons. They went down there. That's kind of what I was thinking. On. They needed it. Yeah, Beng- Bengals needed it. And then the Cowboys. Uh, they beat up on the Lions. Yeah, but it was. Uh, it's not good to start. Mm-mm. No, I mean, granted, Dak's first game back, yeah. but he didn't. He didn't really impress. Uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis uh, got the reward for. Um, 
I, I don't know. You think this is the worst game of of the season? Ryan's benched. They're putting in Erlinger. And I didn't know that Ryan's numbers leads in interceptions, amount sacked, and fumbles. He's got the trifecta of quarterback crap stats. And it sounds like Reich is saying, yeah, even though he's got a shoulder separation, if he, yeah, even, even if he's better, Erlinger's the He blew the, his the shoulder guy. off yeah. at the, in, in that game. So, yeah, I mean, the guy's done. Right? He's done. You just have to think so. Yeah, he can't move. No. Um, and then how about that? This, what? this is the worst loss of the season in the league, I think. Do you watch this end at all? Not, no, not really. Carolina, um, three touchdowns. Well, I to mean, Tampa Bay's no touchdowns. Tampa, and just three field, and there's the field goal. Kind of like Tampa's a lot like the Packers. They can't block. They can't run. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. They do have one really good wide receiver that's healthy, and Mike Evans. And Brady's old, and he doesn't want to get tackled, and he's getting rid of the ball, and like and it's the same f- thing with Rodgers too. Like the the lack of downfield stuff. A lot of it's because they're throwing the ball so fast right. because they don't want to get smoked and they can't block. I don't know how this changes. I I told you before the season. I had a feeling this was not going to go well for Brady. Giants keep winning. They beat the Jaguars. Nothing special, but New York's got a pretty sparkling record at this yeah, point. Absolutely. Um, Baltimore wins a shootout with Cleveland. Not shocking. Nope. Uh, thought that was going to happen. The Jets, I thought they would have beat Denver by more. Boy, oh, boy. I watched more of this than sh- any human should. I was should. just going to say, well, it, was one of, it was one of the late games. It was just, there were only three late games, and it was one of them. Uh, Stupid the... red zone kept cutting to it. Fuckers. <laughs> cake, it cake it away. Can't wait to watch that Zach Wilson, uh, Bryce Rippon matchup. <laughs> Raiders uh, clobber the Texans. Yeah, it's another team that needed it. Raiders were in desperate need of a win. What is wrong with your Chargers? Everybody's hurt again, and their coach is just nuts. (laughs) Just makes stupid decisions week after week after week, but mostly they got a ton of guys hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Three touchdown win for KC over San Fran. Yeah. I'm not surprised Kansas City won. I'm surprised they won by 21. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought. On the road. Right. That San Fran would be better at home than that. And then I didn't watch any of Sunday night. Nor did I. Dolphins and Steelers. No. So. All right, let's move on to week eight. It starts Thursday. Baltimore goes down to Tampa. I I don't see any way. Is Tampa done? I don't see any way Tampa. They're not done because their division's a joke. But I don't see any way they win this game. Okay. I'm also going with the Ravens. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a turd sandwich. Are people in London paying for this? Is anybody from these fan bases going over there to watch the Broncos and the Jaguars? Two and five Denver against two and five Jacksonville. I gotta believe Russell Wilson's not going to play. I don't think so. I mean, I wouldn't even take him. Right? Just stay home. Well, yeah. I mean, do we really need him on a ten-hour flight? No. But watch his hamstring get full of blood boy, clots. That's a gross one. There's, there's, I don't even there, know who to pick. I I mean, I think I'm, you got to pick go Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Denver can't score. No. I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Um, boy, here's another one. Atlanta at home against Carolina. I got to pick Falcons. I mean, the first place Atlanta Falcons at three and four in the <laughs> NFC South. Damn right. The first place Atlanta Falcons. I'm going with the Cowboys over the Bears. Yeah, and uh, everyone with a functioning uh, frontal cortex should. That's good. Anyway. But, dude, wouldn't shock me if the Bears beat Dallas. It, it wouldn't me either. 
honestly. Because I, I think Dallas has got, got a real, enough. Dallas has a really good defense. Yes, but I I don't know that Dallas is going to put up a ton of points. Mm-hmm. So could be a good game. Miami at Detroit. I think that the Lions sink lower. That's a road win. How does for this me. keep happening? I don't know why. I don't know. Different coaches, different players. It's same organization, and there's talent there. I don't know. They, I mean, they, dude. You've got uh, Swift mm-hmm. and Williams, solid back combo. You've got Hawkinson, pretty, I would say, top third tight end in the league. That St. Brown kid's pretty damn good young wide receiver. Agree. And Goff's not Tom Brady, but he's not Mitch Trubisky. Why are you one and six? I don't get it. I don't know. Certainly not. I had a lot of promise for them. They played yeah, did. They played Philly really well in week one, yep. and then they won their second game, and then it's just been a poo-poo platter ever since for them. I don't know. I don't get it. Vikings at home against the Cardinals. Minnesota had a bye this past week, right? This is a game where I will totally not be surprised if Arizona goes in and beats them. I'm going with the Vikings. Uh, boy, that was just Vegas' Vegas's second win this last week. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, they're on the road against the Saints. This is like a this is a season ender for one of them, I think. I mean, if they're going to keep playing Andy Dalton, well, Jameis, I don't think he's healthy. No, but I mean that. If I'm that, surprised it, they haven't played Taysom Hill. Right, I thought he was their golden boy. Well, I mean, especially considering what they've got, not a Dalton. That too, you know. All right, I'm going Raiders. Jets are at home against the Patriots. This is a big game for both of these teams. I mean, the Jets can unleash some some really, really uh, almost decades long of getting pounded on by this franchise. And then New England, you can't sink another game below 500 right now at this point. I mean, I, far be it for me to to second guess or criticize, you know, maybe the greatest football coach of all time, but I thought Belichick pulled Mac Jones way too early. And if he truly wasn't 100%, why'd he start? Because now you've create now you have created a quarterback controversy. Right, it's all it's all you're doing. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. So if you start Zappy and he throws a pick in the first quarter, are you yanking him? Well, he's never shown a lot of patience as you had pointed out, so I don't know. It's that's their season might have ended last night. Crazy as that sounds. I'm going at home with the Jets. I really am. Philly's going to win the battle for Pennsylvania. They should, yep. Over the Steelers. Um, Houston, bad. Ten- Tennessee will win this. I just don't, I mean. Tennessee's going to be like what they five, were. They're going to be like last year. Five and two, and they're going to have a sparkling yeah. record going to the playoffs, and somebody's going to beat their They're going to go 11 and six, 12 and five. They're going to get a home playoff game, and they're going to lose. That's just what they do. I mean, they're really the only team in that division that has a star player, and a competent coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Washington and Indy. Oh, yeah, oh, boy. I mean, you don't know what Erlinger has, but Washington is not good either. But Taylor Heineke's got a little something. He made a couple of throws. Yep. Seems like the guys like him. Nobody, you know what I mean? Nobody likes the franchise, not even their own fan base. So, but it seems like the guys on Washington like Taylor Heineke. Yes. You know what I mean? And that, Some, and that sometimes there's, I don't know. He's not the greatest player in the world, but sometimes you can rally behind those yep. guys, and it's like Fitzpatrick. Everybody, right. all his teammates loved him. That says something. I have no idea about the Rams and the 49ers. Huge game. You know, 
49ers lose, they drop two under 500. And if the Rams lose, they kind of lose control of this division. So in, in, in L.A., there's going to be a shit ton of Niner fans there. It's going to be basically a home game for the Niners. Well, and the Rams have never... I mean, they even said that home field at this stadium almost doesn't exist. Well, and I think it's like the 49ers own the Rams. The Rams own Seattle. Arizona owns the Rams, and Seattle owns the Niners. It's really weird. But, like, going into the conference championship game last year, I think the Rams had lost, like, eight in a row to the Niners. So, just something to think about. Going with San Fran. All right, so are the Seahawks pesky good? Yeah. Or are the Giants going to assert themselves again? Uh, I think the Seahawks are pesky good. Okay. I actually thought they were going to be the worst team in the league. Yeah. But Geno Smith, competent. He's running the offense that they want to run. Um, they got a good coach. And this this uh, Kenny Walker kid at running back, um, it's kind of been a revelation. I mean, it's Pete Carroll. You always expect their defense to be all right. And, I mean, shit, <clears throat> Lockett, good receiver. Metcalf, even though he's banged up, doesn't sound like he's going to be out real long. Good receiver. So I think they're pesky good, man. Going to pick them? Shockingly. At home, yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, Daniel Jones has got to, you know, He's got to turn back into a pumpkin at some point, say, right? You're waiting for the other shoe. There's, he's got to have a bad game, and on the road in Seattle, I mean, that's a pretty easy place to have a bad game as a mediocre quarterback, True. right? Yes, I'm going to go with the Giants on the road. I, I just am. Buffalo, you think that the Packers are going to play better than they're expected to? Well, I think they're double digit underdogs, yes, which is the first time in Rodgers' career. Correct. It, it, I mean. I don't know. Maybe it's probably the 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 scars that I have of underestimating a Rodgers Packer team, even when they're not that good. They could lose by thirty. They could lose by three, and I wouldn't be surprised by either one. I'm glass half empty, and I'm going to say by thirty. I mean, that's they might not lose by thirty, but they're going to get blown out. They've been Buffalo has won their two home games, I think, by like thirty four points. Yeah. So I think I think it goes from. Bad to worse. I, I I don't think the team has bottomed out yet. I think we're still on the way down. So could Rogers be traded before? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the battle for Ohio. Well, Bengals. Uh, yeah, I think the Bengals are starting to figure some things out. Yeah, and I think that that Cleveland team is remembering that Jacoby Brissett's their quarterback. That's just the reality. Yeah. All right, um, that is a lot of NFL, almost an hour's worth. College football, it's like the blah, 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 no one cares. <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's the bad. Oh, congratulations, Badgers, you're 4-4 four and four now. You won homecoming, you beat Purdue. Who you haven't lost to since we were in college. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's been that long. I watched, I like those old games on Big Ten Network where they edit out everything in between the plays. Mm-hmm. The games last like half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched one against Purdue, and I, I honestly didn't remember how it went until I I recalled that long winning streak. I'm like, oh, that's right. They had to have won this. And it was like a triple overtime win, and it was fun to watch because the Badgers with like six or seven minutes to go were down two touchdowns. I'm like, there's no way. 
I'm like, holy shit, this is, I forgot how this one unfolded, but it was, yeah, it was fun. The most memorable Purdue-Wisconsin one for me was uh, the one down in Purdue. Uh, Purdue is, I think, for the first time in maybe ever or for in like 100 years, they were ranked like top 10 or 5, mm-hmm. Drew Brees, and uh, I think it was Starks forced that fumble. Oh, yep. And uh, the Badgers, and they ended up winning that game down there. I don't remember. I think the Badgers won. I'm a little hazy on the details, but I always remember when Drew Brees came to Camp Randall and threw 76 passes or something like that. (laughs) Some ungodly enormous number that, like, set a record for pass attempts, and I think they still lost. And you're like, oh, this is the NFL in the next two decades. Thanks, Drew. (laughs) Little, Little sign of things to come. Right. Something like that, so... Wisconsin is off this week, and then I think they're back. Oh, do they got to go to Nebraska, maybe? So who they got left? They got Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa. Thanksgiving, Iowa. I think they have Iowa next. And then I and, and then Iowa's giving up like nine points a game. Yeah, and it's there. Mm-hmm. And that's then, a, that's a loss. And then and then it's Nebraska. And oh no, sorry, they have Maryland at home next. Then Iowa, then Nebraska, and then Minnesota. So, I think they're six and six, man. I think they go six and six. Can't wait for that early December. Does that get you in a bowl? Oh yeah, December. Well, 20th. yeah, of course it does. There's a million of them. December twenty second bowl game or something yeah, like the, that. The That's... the Rogan Shoe Store <laughs> Tomato Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen uh, on at five o'clock on a Tuesday on USA. See you. I mean, I know you're you're not the the huge biggest Badger fan in the room, but to me, baseball is right now with the World Series and just the way that things have gone and there's how much football, I'm not even going to bother watching. I'm just not. I mean, it's it, they'll have gone six days without playing. Yeah, well, it's, it's, the, the break is too long. The the Both of the series ended on Sunday. And I don't like really either team. No. I'm not a fan of the Phillies. No, Amer- Amer- America, America's not interested in either team. No. Um. It's too long of a wait. They should be starting either tonight or tomorrow at the latest. Um, you're not the Super Bowl. You're not the NBA Finals. You don't have that kind of star power where people are going to anticipate it. You should have just kept playing. Plus, you got the weather factor. Right. With Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, Houston just dismantled the Yankees. Seriously. I mean, so... Yankees are down three to nothing. Did you hear this story? I don't know. I don't. So the Yankees are down three nothing in the series, right? Okay. Apparently, the New York Yankees have what they call a mental skills coach. Okay. Whatever the hell that means. Does it surprise you in this day and age? No, 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 no. Some bozo in HR decided they needed that. But anyway, so they got this person that's a mental skills coach. You know what this person did? He decided, or she, I don't know if it's a, who it is, to show clips and highlights of the Red Sox comeback down 3 to the 4 Yankees. Against the own organization? Yes. And then Eduardo Perez who is a announcer for one of the networks, ESPN maybe, was interviewing or talking with Boone, and he FaceTimed David Ortiz 
to see if David Ortiz would talk to the Yankee team about coming back from 03. People in New York, like Michael Kay and yeah. Francesa and these guys, they're on the radio. They are losing their minds yes. over this. They are like... If George George Steinbrenner, oh my God. he's not just rolling over in his grave. He's doing somersaults in that motherfucker. He would have fired everybody if the, if he was still alive. I just thought that was very interesting and funny. I don't like the Yankees, so I don't really care. No, I, I, don't care. I think it's just it's hilarious. Comical, yes. the, the, the worst collapse in the history of playoffs in any sport. And you're supposed to use that as motivation relive, to what? To what? Relive to that what? to revive to your revive own team. you. <laughs> this reminds me of the natural when they bring in that guy to talk about it, but he says losing is a disease, and nobody's paying attention. And Robert Redford just gets up and walks out, but the coaches somehow think that this is a good idea that is meant to stimulate their players. And Redford's just like, "Get the fuck out of here!" I I'm, did. I'm not doing. I this. did though. I watched the clip of of Michael K, who's the. Yeah, um, Yankee TV guy, and he has a radio show in New York. And I watched a little clip of him. He was just—he was like literally like pulling his hair out of his head, just losing his shit, just irate. <laughs> so Houston sweeps the Yankees. The Phillies gentlemen sweep the Padres. They beat them in five, four to one, um, which was disappointing. I uh, we only got to see Hader one time in the series. He was great in his one appearance. Um, was hoping to see the Padres make make the World Series, but you know, we've all got a bad taste in our mouth about Houston from the cheating thing a still. couple years ago. And now, granted, most of those guys have moved on. There's still a couple that are there, but you know, it's hard to forget that. And then you got the Phillies, who nobody likes Phillies. Nobody likes Philadelphia teams if you don't live in Philly. I was just gonna say. So, Bryce Harper, uh, does he get me to tune in? To the not, game, not likable. No, to me. not really. You know, does Altuve and Bregman? No, no, not really. Um, I don't know. I, I do find it interesting, and I've read a couple of articles about this with some people posturing the question: Is it good for baseball that an eighty-seven win Phillies team, who? in any other year but the last two would have never even sniffed the playoffs? Well, Is it good that they're in the World Series? Is that what we want? Here's going to be your answer because they're the ones that wanted this whole thing for the expansion. And to do that, now they get their wish, mm -hmm. and now they're going to get a team that really nobody likes or has no giant fan base outside of its own area in the World Series. And right now, Major League Baseball, if you look at both of those championship series, this is the worst matchup that could have happened. Because you had a West Coast team in San Diego that could have given you that market. Yep, true. You know, and uh, to me, yeah, Machado's not very likable and, and some of the other guys, but they haven't been there forever. But you have that, and then you have the, the most storied franchise in all of baseball in the Yankees. That would have been the best case for me if I'm Major League Baseball. Sure. That's who I want to make it. Yankees, Phillies, a close second because of the big market. And, and, yeah. and that's fine, yep. but then again, you're all East Coast mm -hmm. and the West doesn't give a shit. So now you have teams that I think people are tired of in the Astros and Phillies that nobody cares about. So that's that's the worst. But to answer your question, this is going to be very telling because I think in their haste to do the whole expansion and involve everybody and give more teams a fighting chance and to stay in it till the very end, 
They didn't anticipate one of these teams making the World Series. Yeah, and I think the fact that I just think the general average baseball fan, he wasn't paying attention to the Phillies. No. Because the Mets were kicking ass in that division, and the Braves are the defending champs, and then they made their run at the end of the year, and the Yankees and Astros were winning 110 games, and the Dodgers won 120 games, and all these great teams, and then it's like all of a sudden this team that nobody watched all year, nobody talked about all year, they're in the freaking world. They... The Astros and the Phillies played the last season of the year. Series, you mean? Yeah, the yeah. last series of the year in the regular season. They played each other. Interesting. Nobody even talked about it. The only reason I know it is because we were watching the score because the Brewers were still technically right. alive. Yeah, this is a team that beat the Brewers by one game and a tiebreaker out for the wild card, and now they're playing for yeah. the championship. I mean, I don't, I'm not begrudging them. No. But but that's where I, but, but that's I, where you're at. You know, I don't know. Is it does the NBA want an eight seed in the finals? Not if it ain't LeBron and I was the Lakers. Just gonna say it depends who it is, but no, no. That's why they got rid of the five game first round series because a couple of one seeds got upset. They're like, wait a minute, we don't want our stars and our best teams that everybody pays attention to out of the playoffs in April. That's dumb. But MLB in their infinite wisdom, they've decided they're smarter than everybody else. Yeah, that's a, they're, well, yeah smartest so, people in the room. That's how that works. Good luck. How's Christian Yelich one of the lowest rated outfielders at his position and is nominated for a gold glove and becomes a finalist? Somebody said it has to do with games played. Okay. And there weren't a lot of guys that qualified in left field, so he got it. Look, anybody that watched the Brewers this year would – I mean, you have to laugh. He was a disaster. He can't throw. He he blew like three games, just kicking the ball around out there. Like, I don't know. That's weird. Gold Glove is one of those ones that, you know, I guess you got to be somebody that watches everybody all the time because you can watch a guy like Tyrone Taylor and be like, God, he's really good center fielder, but really he's not. He's like the. <laughs> Eighth best center fielder, you know what I mean? And even like the year Lorenzo Cain didn't win it, and everybody was mad. And then the year he won it, he probably wasn't as good as the year before. And very, very uneven. Well, there's not really. I don't know. I don't think there's like any kind of criteria. Is Burns a finalist? Right? Isn't he? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I think he was one of the near the top in turning double plays, but in some of the other statistical categories against his. Counterparts, he's not. But at the same time, I feel like I remember him five or six times this year throwing the ball down the right field line, like pitchers do. <laughs> you know what I so mean? What, like just turn and whips know. it, and yeah. the first baseman doesn't yeah. even try. Maybe, for it. maybe those were on pickoffs. I don't know if pickoffs count as part of your gold. I, I don't know. He just turns around the first base, just turns around, starts to run. Up I just the line. know that the greatest fielding pitcher in the history of baseball is Greg Maddox, and he won like fifteen in a row. So I'll tell you something. All right, talk to me about your Bucks. Two and zero, good start. Um, one of only two undefeated teams left in the league. Granted, it's two and zero, but well, we'll take it. Um, opened up on Thursday night at Philly, and won a really ugly, low-scoring game. They went ninety to eighty-eight, and they had a big lead. They gave it up. Um, Harden kind of got going. Um, 
but had a real nice play at the end of the game. Grayson Allen, some some penetration from the right wing into the paint, kicked it out to Matthews. West knocked down a three, um, which ended up being the game winner. So good road win. Didn't play well. Giannis, I think he was like he had like twenty one nine and seven. Wasn't great. Um, Drew Holiday had he had one of those games where he was like. Two for 18 from the floor. Just couldn't make anything. And to still win against what is a good team in Philly, that was nice. Saturday night came home, played the Young Rockets, did what they were supposed to do, blew their ass out by 20. I think they were up 12 or 13 to nothing to start the game. Um, Giannis goes for 44 and 12, goes 17 for 21 from the floor. I mean, that's like 85% from the floor. Um, if he could have, if he would have shot a little bit better from the free throw line, he might have had fifty. But um, he wasn't going to get the minutes in the fourth quarter anyway. So I, I texted a buddy when I'm as we're watching, we're, we were texting during the game, and I texted a buddy and I said, "If you would have told me five years ago that one of my all-time favorite Bucks." was going to be Brooke Lopez. After me watching his career, watched him at Stanford, watched him beat Marquette on a buzzer beater in the Sweet 16, watching him on the Nets for all those years, if you'd have told me that he was going to be one of my favorite Bucks ever, I would have never believed you. But I fucking love that guy. <laughs> and he is so important to what they do. He was unbelievable defensively in that Rocket game. I think he had five blocks. I think he altered 10 to 15 other shots, knocked down a couple threes. I mean, if this team has a chance of winning a title and and being a top two seed in the East, he's got to be healthy. And that's why they didn't get that last year because he was hurt and their defense really suffered because of it. Um, So it's really great to have him back and healthy. Puts Portis back on the bench where he is at his best. Um, he can come in and, and be a spark plug and give you some points when you've got some of your second unit in, which is really the Bucks struggled a lot at times with that last year, so it's nice to have that back when they get uh, Pat back in a couple weeks. That will help when they get Chris back and they can move Carter to the bench. That will really help. So I really like the makeup of this team so far. They're getting some... Nice, solid minutes early from Jordan Wara. Uh, really good shooter, scorer's mentality. If he cannot kill you defensively, he's a nice piece because he's one of those guys that can come in and hit three threes. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of where his minutes go as some of these guys come back. But, you know, if nothing else, he's getting some time getting a feel for for playing in in real meaningful NBA games, which is always a good thing. And then um, yesterday it came out, and I talked about this before the season a little bit too, but came out yesterday the Bucs are in some pretty serious talks with the Suns on trading for Jay Crowder. But it's complicated. Okay, Crowder, the reason why Crowder wants, wants out of Phoenix is because they want him to come off the bench. He still thinks he's a starter. He's eligible for a contract extension. He's 32 years old. It doesn't sound like Phoenix wants to give him one, so he wants out. 
So if you come to Milwaukee, you're going to well, be starting, and that's part of the that's part of the the complication. So, Wara, Lopez, or let me think, Wara, Portis, Connaughton, they cannot be traded until January because they all just re-signed in the off season. So the NBA has a little moratorium before you can trade a guy. There's really only two guys that it would make sense for the Bucks to trade for Crowder that would also line up contractually cuz in the NBA on these trades you got to Crowder makes 10 million, you got to match up the salaries within like 20%. Okay. It would have to probably be Hill, Grayson Allen and a pick, like a second round pick. Um I would be okay with that because I think at this point Crowder in 2022-23 is a more valuable piece than Grayson Allen for winning a title this year. Um, I'm not sure he's a guy the Bucks would want to re-sign, but then again, he's he's kind of a P.J. Tucker in the way that he plays and his attitude, and I think this team, that would be good for them. We'll see if that's something that they would want to do contractually if they were to get him, but... It gets complicated with these NBA trades because the salary's got to match. Sure. And the Bucks just don't have a lot of roster flexibility. And you can even throw Ibaka. He's another one that can't be traded until January because they just re-signed right. him. So their options are very limited. You're not going to give up any of your core. You're not trading Lopez, Giannis, Holiday, or Middleton for him. Mm-hmm. You know, the rookie, Marjan Beauchamp, I mean, I would... I, I guess I wouldn't kick and scream if he got thrown in the deal, but you know, you always hate to trade a guy who you just drafted. But boy, you you throw Crowder onto this team, they're all of a sudden like a legitimate nine or ten deep. And that would be pretty tough to deal with, I think, in the playoffs for anybody in the Eastern Conference. And when you look at who you got to go against, who knocked you out last year? Boston. Physical. What is, well, what is Boston? Who? What are Boston's two best guys? They're wings. Mm-hmm. What is your deficiency? Wings. Jason Tatum and J- Jalen Brown cannot be guarded in a series anymore by Wes Matthews and Pat Connaughton and Javon Carter and maybe a J- old Joe Ingles. I don't know. I think you need another guy there, and and maybe the Crowder trade doesn't happen. There might be somebody down the road, but Hill and Allen. You know, George Hill has already come out and said he was going to retire at the end of last year, and he just didn't want to go out that way. This is it for him. So he's basically a $4 million expiring contract that whoever takes it on knows at the end of the year he's just gone. So that can be enticing for especially a team like Phoenix who's in the process of selling. Right. Their owner's going to sell their team, so I don't know if they're looking to take on any money. But I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. I would enjoy it. Another Marquette guy, um, tough, hits, played in huge games, played in the finals twice, hits big shots, not afraid. Uh, but, you know, you just got to be careful that the um, the price isn't too high. So we'll see. Keep your eye on that one. Four straight games. They play the Nets uh, coming up on Wednesday night. They play the Knicks on Friday. They got the Hawks on Sunday. And then they got the Pistons on Monday. Yeah, they, they're that's really the, home-heavy. Yeah, they are. I was noticing that when I was filling out my schedule for November. They have a lot yeah. of home games. I mean, that takes them through the end of the month, five in a row at home. 
Then they play again the Pistons on the second. Then they go on the road for one, and then they're home again on the fifth. So, yeah, home heavy. Got to take advantage of that. All right, run me down what's happening to start the lead well, here for the last two weeks. Not, not, nothing earth-shattering. Boston, as you would expect, they're 3-1. and one. Um, Everybody was concerned how they were going to react to the new coach. I don't think that's even an issue during the regular season. Okay. Talk to me in the playoffs when real decisions need to be made. Okay. Um, Philly, surprisingly, and Miami, surprisingly, both starting out 1-3. and three. I think Philly's a mess. Um. Don't be shocked if around January, early February, you hear some rumblings about Joel Embiid wanting out of Philadelphia. Just don't be surprised. Okay. Um, locally, I have seen uh, Jalen Johnson, who is Sun Prairie. Sun Prairie kid who's on the Atlanta Hawks, second-year guy. Um, he's in the first three Hawk games, he's getting about 12 minutes a game. Okay. So he's getting a little bit of run, which is good to see. Conversely, Johnny Davis of Wisconsin, who was a lottery pick for the Wizards this year, three DNPs, coach's decision, not injured, did not play. What's that about? What's your what's I don't your? Know. Well, he was atrocious in the summer league and in the preseason. Like, can't shoot. He he can't make NBA jump shots. It's pretty much that simple. Athletically, defensively, you know, um, all the uh, all the things that he showed at Wisconsin last year that made him a really good player, he still got him. But he, so does everybody else. Exactly. He can't shoot. Sam Hauser, who went to Marquette and then transferred to went to Virginia, who is a, one of the probably five worst athletes in the NBA, <laughs> but he can stand in the corner all day long and make threes. And he's getting minutes on the Celtics. So I'm a little concerned for Johnny Davis. Um, I understood why he came out. He wanted to strike while the iron was hot. He was first-team All-American. The Badgers overachieved. But I'm concerned for his NBA career. I, I am. I would say. I just don't know that he's ever going to be able to shoot shoot enough at the wing position to be a valuable guy to play because it's not like he's only like six five, and he's a very good athlete. But that league's full of great athletes, so I don't know. Hmm. Keep your eye on that one too. Out west, Portland is shockingly four and zero. Apparently, Damon Lillard's back and healthy off of his ab injury last year. The Spurs and the Jazz, who everybody thought were going to be tanking this year, have both started out three and one. Don't know how much that'll last, but they're starting off well. <laughs> and then, hilariously, the Lakers are 0-3. Terrible. Two awful losses in a row at home, leading in the fourth quarter of both of them. Oh. Um, Russell terrible. Westbrook has taken the lion's share of the blame. This is just a bad roster. They, they have no shooting at all. Um, they're the worst three-point shooting team in the league, and I think they've taken the most in the league. And that's Darvin Ham bringing the yes. Budenholzer offense with him. But, you know, I love you, Darvin, but unfortunately, you don't you have shooters. take our advice. Yeah. You can't, you can't shove your players into your system. you got to make your system work for your players, right. especially when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, but Westbrook, is this is an ugly ending for him, and I feel bad. I'm not necessarily a Westbrook fan, but, you know, you think about, you always hate to see this happen to legends. 
right? Emmett Smith on the Cardinals. Um, Allen Iverson on Detroit and Memphis. You know, Carmelo on the Lakers the last couple years. It's, I don't think people appreciate how difficult it is for these guys. Like, when you're, like, a, a guy like Westbrook or Iverson or, or Carmelo, they get to, like, 34, 35 years old, or maybe even not that. Iverson was even a little earlier. And you're going to ask them, hey, everything about you in your game that got you here and made you hundreds of millions of dollars and all-star appearances and gold medals and NBA finals and, and endorsements, all of that that makes you who you are as a basketball player, yeah, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> we want you now to go stand on the wing and shoot jump shots. Right. Something you never, and then ever... Are, when these yeah. players are incapable or, in Iverson and, and Carmelo's case, unwilling... To do that, everybody gets mad at him, right? That'd be like you work at the radio station for 25 years. You're the sportscaster. You've done a 1,000 games, right? And they come to you and they say, hey, we know everybody around here in the Tri-County area and all the high schools, they know you as a sports guy, but I think we want you to read the weather. And then you go on the radio and you read the weather in, for a couple of weeks and you say it's going to rain and it never rains and your mic don't work and something technical bad happens. It's not your fault. But your bosses are just getting inundated by callers saying how awful you are at being the weatherman. Well, it's because you're not the fucking weatherman. You're the sportscaster. They're asking you to do something that you've never done, and then they're getting mad at you when you can't do it. And that's why you've seen across the league players sticking up for Westbrook as the fans in the media have constantly, constantly, constantly attacked him. And like I said, I'm, I've never been a Westbrook fan. I appreciate how hard he plays, but I just feel bad for him, man. I, I hope that, honestly, I hope they buy him out and he can go somewhere else and just play because... It's not fair what these pe- what these people are are laying at his feet. He they traded for him. He didn't ask to go there. He didn't sign there. And then he he had a forty seven million dollar player option for this year, and people are pissed off at him for picking it up. What 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 is he supposed to do? Right, just leave that on the table and go somewhere else for less. Yeah, come on. Yeah, no, I I totally understand that. I just, totally, it, get it that. just pisses me off. You know, it's like. Since he was, you know, like like with Allen Iverson, it's like the guy had the ball in his hands and shot every other time down the floor since he was eight. And now you want him to be the sixth man? He ain't going to do that, man. It ain't going to work. It just ain't. I mean, look at how threatened Rodgers gets when they draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Look at how it's, and, and not just Rodgers, happened with Elway. Happened with Favre. Happened with Montana. Like, that shit ain't going to work. It never works. Why can't we? Why can't anybody learn from that? Because it's that old thing about, it's like when the coach says, ah, I can fix that guy. Yeah. Nah. I, can, I, can, I can domesticate the stripper. 
I can, you know, I can go, I can go to the strip club and find a beautiful girl. I, I, I can, I can turn her into wife material. No, you can't. <laughs> Come on, man. All right, there is all of your NBA. St- that's a good place to end right there. I love, I like that. Last basketball okay. thing, I just wanted to ask you: uh, Did you see any of that Brittany Griner stuff today? Yes. Isn't that isn't that nuts? Yes. So, she got convicted for nine years. Cannabis oil. And she had her appeal today. Appeal yep. gets denied. I mean, oh man, I, I think she's gonna be over there for a while. I would agree. It's gonna be longer than her sentence because they're talking about a prisoner swap. Or that's what the U.S. That's what we want to do, and oh, we you know, do. Huh? The um, obviously the Russians are playing hardball, and they're they they're asking for the sun and the moon, and yep. they know that we don't exactly have our best people doing the negotiating. Um, what not hardline negotiating tactics? We're not doing that. You know, I I don't think Vice President Harris has quite got the chops for that. Call me crazy. But, um, you know, I, I feel for it, it would suck to be over there. You're a political pawn. You know, you, it, really are. It, you, you just are. It, it's, you know, I don't know if you were arrogant and, and taking that over there or if you made a mistake. I don't know. May, you know, maybe it was a simple mistake, but it's going to oh. be a rough road for her. And look, I take no pleasure in any of this. She said a lot of crazy shit about this country and some of the people here, you know, some of this stuff happens to you and you talk about, you know, some people that come back from war or even just simply living overseas got pretty good here, man. Yeah. Got to appreciate some of the things that we do have. We're not perfect. Whatever side you're on, yeah. that's, that's the reality. You know, nobody says everything here is perfect, but it's pretty, it's, it's better than everywhere else. I would agree with that. hundred percent. You know. Um, Yes. Where else can you have a podcast talking about domesticating strippers than the good old U.S. of A.? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm not sure that uh, that happens in Japan or Russia or China. or. No, they just buy them over there. They're else. just like, oh, yeah, I, I own you now. You're mine. Yep. Join my harem. Find, find that on websites. Yep. That's easy. Um, all right, let's go through some brief Whitewater and high school football stuff. Uh, we'll start with Whitewater. Not a good game at all. Um, I don't know what to make. Who they play again? Platteville Platteville. up there. I don't know what to make of the WIAC because this is my first year and you're kind of still learning the makeup of who's who and who to count on. And I got to give credit to the Pioneers. They haven't won the Miners' Axe in over, I don't know if it's over a decade or just under, but it's been a long time or maybe even longer than that. But the series has been so lopsided for Whitewater. Um, George Christ used to be their used to be their coach, Paul's father. Um, grandson is on the Warhawks as a quarterback, Jackson, and so this is a trophy that that Berezowitz, after Chris died in, I think it was ninety two, he kind of instituted this whole rivalry thing. And I will tell you what, it looked like Platteville was way more fired up for this game than Whitewater was. They probably were. Um, and Coach O said it and you know his job is to watch everything else while I'm watching the ball his note was that their linemen are playing on our side of the field on both sides not going to win doing that um Lewandowski the quarterback threw four picks including a pick six 
and I don't know how you feel about statistics, to me, they got one play of offense, which was a touchdown pass from 16 yards, the play after they picked off one of the four passes. So in essence, your defense gave you all of your touchdowns. Yeah, the guy had to throw it to the receiver. It was one play. Mm-hmm. You were you got the ball at the 16-yard line. The other guy took took it in for a touchdown on a pick six. Your offense, their offense didn't do much. What was the final again? I think it was 17, oh man, 17 to 10 or 17, mm-hmm. 13. I think something like that. So low scoring. Very Yeah, very low scoring. Whitewater had one touchdown, a couple of field goals. Um, and then Platteville had one offensive touchdown and one defensive touchdown. But, I mean, really the, the name of the game was defense, and Lewandowski was, I mean, he'll probably be the first. He almost doubled his interceptions. Came in with five, and now he's got nine. Mm. I mean, he threw four, and some of them were not good passes. They ran the ball okay, but, I mean, it was defense. And, that, I mean, really, and I'm going to talk to Coach Bullis on Wednesday, they, that, they seemed really fired up to play. Um, and, well, and when and when you those bet, rivalry games, man, I mean, we've seen that in Badger Minnesota games where you know. And I'll, also, when you've been getting your brains beat in yeah, in this rivalry, for sure. and you just knocked off River Falls last week for your homecoming, you knocked off another ranked team in Bethel earlier. This is the first time in their program's history they've beaten three top twenty-five opponents. Wow, first time ever. So I mean, give them credit, and they suffered a couple of blowouts earlier in the season. And now there's, I think there's a four-way tie with River Falls, Whitewater, uh, Lacrosse, and then maybe one. I'm not sure if it's Stout. It's not Oshkosh. Maybe it's Stout. But I mean, this is completely up for grabs. Platteville's not going to win. They still got to play um, Stout, and I think they still got to play uh, Lacrosse. Whitewater's got uh, homecoming at River Falls. Apparently, it's a uh, against River Falls. It's a really up-tempo offense. The quarterback is. Thrown for 1,300, run for 700. I mean, it's a very dual-threat, up-tempo thing. They've already faced a dual-threat guy. I think it was the Eau Claire quarterback, so I'm kind of curious how they prepare and how they bounce back. It's going to be homecoming. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they'll be pissed off enough to win this one and, and kind of get back. They dropped from 3rd to 10th. Uh, lacrosse jumped them, even though they have... Even though they have the tiebreaker, and I think there are four, maybe five teams now back ranked in the top twenty-five. God, I don't remember any of our homecomings. Just bombed. Well, of course, <laughs> not shocked by that. Not shocked. Oh yeah, good times. So, good times back in the waters. Um, but it was a fun. It was a fun trip outside of the loss. Um, Platteville's a nice place. The, the The stadium is modeled after Perkins Stadium, so so it was a nice place outside of all the flies that Coach O had to kill. I was setting up in the wasp nest that were right under our window. Jesus. Nobody had been there broadcasting an away game all year. Wow. We were the first crew to step foot in that booth, and it looks like they hadn't they hadn't touched it all season either as far as the insect problem, so that was nice. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's River Falls on Saturday. Be curious to see how they bounce back. High school stuff, I wanted to talk about this with you because we are – we're past the level one playoff point now, and you and I, when we do our playoff predictions for basketball, we kind of look at the field, and then we predict what seeds will be um, for Craig and Parker and, and, and in Division One that we see, at least in our sectional. The WIAA, in my opinion, has a problem with the Milwaukee schools in several sports. In what way? They don't know how to seed them. Mm-hmm. Accurately, because you and I kind of ran into this in basketball with how do we know that these teams are any good from the Milwaukee region? 
Um, and usually when they get a seed, it's too high. As far if you're looking for an accurate representation of how the first round goes, usually they get seeded too high. The Milwaukee schools lost. They had three co-op teams make Division One, and they lost by a combined 160-something to seven. Hey. Wow. Yeah. And Middleton had to go to one of these games, and they beat him 55 to nothing <sighs> against a higher seed. It was a 5-4, but even if Middleton gets a home game, that other team shouldn't have been a five seed. Mm-hmm. So it started a little uh, brouhaha on Twitter about by, by a lot of people that follow high school sports. What do you do for this? Why is this a problem? Travis Wilson comes out and says, you know, these it's a very challenging district and, and conference, and these kids don't get many opportunities. Why should they be knocked down for something that's not their fault? Other guys that want the higher seeds, you know, well, we worked our ass off, and now why do we have to take a back seat? Because the thing says that we even with a better record, you know, why are we not betting? I, I don't know. It's It just seems like now that we're into the computer stuff, it's not an accurate representation of quality rather than the quantity of wins. And so I, I just kind of wondered what your feeling was on that for, like, basketball and just general seeding because now it's kind of bled into football. Well, I can tell you why this has all happened. It's very simple, recruiting. Um, one of the saddest things that I've seen since I got back into the high school scene six, seven years ago when you and I started doing the broadcasting was the demise of the Milwaukee City Conference for basketball. Um, for 50 years, that was the best basketball conference in the state with the best teams and the best individual players for the most part in the state. King, Washington, Vincent, Hamilton, those schools, multiple, multiple state appearances, multiple state championships over the course of the last couple of decades. I don't think a Milwaukee City Conference has been in a state championship in over 10 years for Division One. Um, and it's because all of the good kids get recruited to the suburb schools and they get a quote-unquote scholarship to go there or whatever it is that they, they give these kids. And I don't, I'm not criticizing them for, for doing that because they get to go to a better school and probably get better coaching and, you know, better computers and the whole, the whole ball of wax. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what you can do for football unless you drop them a level. And I don't know what that does. Cause you're still going to be having the same argument just with different schools. Right. So, it's a tough one. I mean, I think I think you have to be sensitive if you're the WIA that they probably can't host a game unless, you know, I mean, these people, they know. Like, you got to assume that somebody knows that, yeah, this Milwaukee team that won the City League and they're 7-2, and two, but they're not good. They're seven and two because the league is really bad. We, but, but what I'm saying is somebody has to know that, and and understand that 
A six and three Big Eight team is better than a seven and two City Conference team. But the way that it's set up now is you can't type that sentence into the computer and it's going to accurately reflect on that. So, do you take the draw from the computer, look at some discrepancies, and then manually say we've got some things to fix? Yeah, I think if you have a committee that is well, an oversight, if you're committee. carrying, if in the interest of fairness, I think you. Would hope that they did that, but in the interest of laziness, they probably don't. They probably take what the computer spits out, and that's that's the bracket. Because um, then we, the... yeah, I mean, we've seen it in basketball a couple of times. You know, when we do our projections of the seventeen teams in the sectional, we're pretty close to spot on. There's only been there's been a couple of times, and it and it has been with. The Milwaukee schools. I feel like when we start at the top and then start at the bottom, we get to a point where we reach a middle of the pack. You get to like like 5 through 12 or 11. And we don't know who to put where. You're looking at at like, okay, um, uh, Parker is 10 and 7, and they're in fifth in in the Big 8. And Milwaukee Hamilton's... 12 and 5 and they're third in the city. I don't know what that means. Right. You know? I don't know what that means anymore because I'm looking at who's ahead of them in the city conference and it's like Milwaukee Madison like what how how are they good and and who's on that team and like we just don't know. So there's there's got to be you know there's got to be some kind of a czar or somebody that's going around. Doesn't anybody going around? Isn't Travis Wilson? Doesn't he have connections with people and he's talking and he knows who's good? And I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution for something like that is. I mean, this is a different discussion. I'm not super crazy about divisions anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm. I really like the idea of the open tournament. Um. I just think it's kind of it's way cooler when a smaller school can get going in an open tournament, like the movie Hoosiers, for for example. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's practical in football, because even even at the D one level, as as I listened to your game the other night, and I talked to a guy I work with whose grandson is on the on the Parker team, and I he asked me before the game, "What do you think is going to happen?" And I said, "Well, Parker's going to get killed because Heartland's going to be gigantic." And he says to me on Monday, he goes. You weren't wrong. They were gigantic. Yeah. He goes, that was like playing a college team. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that's that's what they do over there. They yep. they invest the money and they and they train and that's what they do over there. You know? Um I don't know, man. It's it's just it's tough. It's just one thing that really popped up this year, which was a glaring noticeable thing about those about those schools in, well, you wanna, in the entire division one obviously you want to be fair to the Milwaukee kids because they you know listen they're dedicating the same amount of time yes. and the same they're going to the same amount of practices and playing the same amount of games it's as not their fault as the that their competition in, is, is bad at all or that they're bad right they just want to play football because there's probably a couple kids on those teams that are pretty good yes they just don't have enough no they don't kids. it's like the Madison schools Shit, there's always a guy or two on, like, Madison West who you watch and you're like, Jesus Christ, that guy's good. Yep. The rest of his team is a dumpster fire because they've only got 25 guys out yep. and their coach ain't no good and the quarterback can't throw and the kicker can't kick and they got no shot to win. But, you know, you want to be fair to everybody. Yep. 
And I guess if that means that prima donna Middleton has to travel to Milwaukee for a football game, you know, I, I had to laugh when, when our boy Bear was on there sticking up for Middleton. I'm like, why? why? No. What the hell are you doing that for? Well, they're They're fine. They'll be fine. But now they got to go on the road again because they got a five seed. So now they're crying about that. But this, if they were the four seed, they would have still went on the road. Yeah. So what difference does it make? It doesn't. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Well, Rob Reichel, kiss my ass. The guy that blocked kiss me. Kiss my ass, kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. You know? Can't we're wait s- to run into him. We go to Middleton twice next year. I hope I bump into him. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Oh, I could. Let's look for the most smarmy guy in the stadium. <laughs> That's it. I thought that was the... Uh, Football coach, what's his name? <laughs> no, uh, he's not Simon. No, he's fine. No, that's he's I, fine I don't now? even know. He no, okay. he's he's all right. All right. Uh, Parker, yeah, we're just, is, for anybody that wants to listen to us shit talk the rest of the Big Eight, tune in next week. <laughs> we'll Parker, t- we'll take on Madison East and Beloit and tell you how <laughs> awful the yeah. Parker threw everything they could at him. Verona lost three to nothing to Milwaukee Marquette as a two seed. Marquette was vastly under seeded. Verona lost three to nothing. Three to nothing as the two, the two in their group. Well, Marquette's always good at football. Yes, the classic eight, best. Yeah, it's just best conference of football. It's just different. Yep, it's different. Kettle Moraine killed Milton. Uh, All of our area teams are out. Clinton was up fourteen to nothing. They blew that game. Um, The only team that's really regional, a couple of teams over west of us, Broadhead Judah and Monroe. Monroe is a tough game against Pewaukee. Broadhead Judah hosts hosts Laconia. I've never heard of, but uh, either way, the, the high school football season, I mean, I this is kind of when I zone out. We're done. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. I'm not going to go on any games, and then I'll I'll really pick it back up when, when the state championships are the 17th and the 18th. So um, that's, that's really when I'm going to get back at it. But uh, it's been a fun season. It was cool. Um, Heartland was my first time there in 20 years. I went for a playoff game against Oak Creek. I don't remember that. They built that 10 years ago, and it looks absolutely Yeah, I, I saw your picture. Absolutely pristine. Mm-hmm. So nice. What? Best place we've been to, probably that we're ever going to go to. It was so nice. Um, it's probably going to beat, it already beat UW-Eau Claire for the college <laughs> level. I mean, yeah. it, it, yeah, it, it was a lot it, of money yeah. over there, man. Serious. A lot of money. So now we're turning our attention to basketball, uh, our game. Yeah, what I can't wait, say? man. I'm excited. Three weeks from tonight, right? Yeah, I'm excited. Is that what you you're going to be excited for about two weeks. Yeah, and then I'll get excited at the end. At the playoffs. Yeah. And everything else. Everything in between, in between is a slog. We'll... It's cold. The games are not great. No. Nope. we got to go to crappy places yep. sometimes. and Athletic directors and, don't and, know we're coming. And then you get yelled at by Bredesen for not doing enough of his games. Exactly how it's. I love he he tagged me in uh, in his post on Twitter oh, about he, the, about, oh, he about the schedule, too, yeah. and I was gonna write something snarky back, but I didn't know who else he had tagged in there, so I thought I better. It's too early. I'll, for I'll refrain. Yeah, you got to do that when he's in person, coming up to us after the game. I'll wait till they're like zero and three or something, and just ask him, like, dude, are you gonna win a game? He, lo- he loves when I do stuff. He our, loves when I do that stuff to him. That's our episode. Not today. Parker's going to be on three. They worried that I you were getting down don't there. Don't even know what their schedule is. Oh man. All right. I'm not cat. Forget this caveat shit. I was going to say sorry for all the swear. No, Collis wants me to swear. He told me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm wound up today. That is our intentional foul for this week. Hopefully, back next week with a brand new edition. Packers win. Bears lose. I'm on a roll. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) Thank you for listening and downloading. Please subscribe. And, of course, please tell your friends. Until next week, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then. Let's go Bucks.